Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Well, hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Now, today, <clears throat> excuse me, in the What's Hot Spotlight is Ernie Panicoli. Brother Ernie is the best-selling author of Hip Hop at the End of the World and Who Shot Ya? <laughs> he first made his foray into the culture in 1973 when he began capturing the ever-present graffiti art dominating New York City. Ernie's photography was on display at the Grammy Museum Experience Exhibit during his one-man show, uh, Hip Hop Life, Five Decades of Hip Hop Music, Art, and Culture, featuring Ernie Panicoli Photography. The first of his kind in <clears throat> Grammy Museum history. Pardon me, I got a little frog in my throat there. Uh, so it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say Ernie Panicoli is what's hot. Ernie, welcome. Thank you, brother. And let your audience know that we worked together many years ago on the Bill McCrary show. And uh, what was that, 30 years ago? Oh, you well, yeah, uh, <clears throat> uh, thereabouts, <laughs> yes. 85, so 35, yeah. Um, yeah, it's an honor to be on your show, and it's an honor to know you and be a friend of yours. Thank you. Well, so very nice of you. Uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you here because you've added so much to our culture, which we're going to talk about. Uh, th this is uh, the uh, third in a series of uh, hip-hop uh, experts that I've had on the show. Last week, uh, we had uh, Jerry Roebuck, one of the promoters during the hip-hop period. And then the week before that, we had DJ Hollywood, who was one of the DJs that started the call and response and so forth. And so now we've got Mr. Ernie Panicoli, who is the photographer, the the premier photographer for hip-hop. And Ernie, you used to do some of the... Um, covers of Word Up magazine, and, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that, and, but we've got so much to talk about. I want to start where I usually ask my guests to take the Wayback Machine with me and tell me what it was like growing up as little Ernie Panicoli. I grew up in Brooklyn. We were on welfare. I was raised by a single mom. I had two brothers, lived in a cold water flat, and uh, my mother, God bless her, God rest her soul, had one thing that she demanded of me, and that was that I learned language. Of course, as a child, that meant nothing to me, but I went on and became an author, and I've lectured around the world, and she said there's power in language. And unfortunately now, in this generation, we seem to be losing the love of books. You go to someone's house, you see CDs and you know, paintings and so on, but you don't see bookshelves. Um, that's, you know, I survived. I, I was homeless. I was in the military. I've done virtually everything that a man can do on this earth. And, you know, it all led up to me being a iconic hip-hop photographer. Um, I'm blessed, and I give thanks. And I give thanks to my mom, and I give thanks to all the single moms out there who think they can't do it. 
You can do it. Trust me. So, all right. So you grew up in Brooklyn and um, how did you uh, progress after you got out of the uh, military? I went to work for Verizon. Uh, they gave me a bunch of tests and made me a systems analyst. And I did that. And where I lived in Brooklyn, every week I would see murals and paintings and graffiti. I said, what is this? And I would take people to go see this work and it'd be gone or scribble over or the cops would, you know, tear it down or whatever. So I, I got a camera just to take pictures of the imagery before it got destroyed a week later, two weeks later, five days later. And through that, I met all the principal players in hip hop at that time, which was not called hip hop, by the way. And um, I met the DJs, the MCs, the B-boys, you know, I met everybody. And they loved me because I was one of the few people with a camera and also one of the few people who had the, you know, the gumption to go anywhere and do anything. And uh, the rest is history. Sometimes, for all the listeners out there, sometimes life takes you where you're supposed to go. And that's the truth. You could go to school, you can do this, you can do that, you can have this plan and that. Uh, I think there's an expression that says, man plans and God laughs. <laughs> okay, so, so you become proficient with this 35 millimeter camera. And then you started uh, befriending all of these people who were who would end up eventually uh b-boys break dancers uh uh hip-hoppers rappers uh tell us more about how you got immersed into that world uh first i don't want anybody to think you can just pick up a camera and become a photographer i had already spent 15 years drawing painting uh doing sculpture uh and the camera was just an easier way to create the power that I was able to create with pencils and crayons, oils and watercolors. So uh, it came to me instinctively. And I got really lucky because I started doing in my spare time, which was very little because I was working. Um, I picked up the camera and it just kind of came automatically. And I think my size, my personality uh, kind of made people not want to mess with me. If I wanted to take a picture, I'd say, can I take your picture? And they're, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was almost like my size was bullying. My voice was gentle and that, that, that dichotomy confused them. Uh, but even getting into events, I'd just walk up and they say, who are you with? And I'd pull something out of the air, the New York Times, the Back then, it wasn't as, you know, you didn't have all this digital uh, ID. So I just, you know, I bluffed my way into a lot of things. And, you know, hip hop kind of fit me because you didn't need to be a certain way or have a certain contact or be a certain race. And uh, I was able to do all that. All right. So uh, <laughs> there's so much here. I don't really uh, have a... Um of a, a straight path to get to where we want to go. But I, I, I want you to 
just tell this one anecdote about you and Biggie real quick before we dive into uh, some other stuff. Because uh, you mentioned that um, uh, because of your size, how, 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 how big are you? How, how tall are you? I'm six one and a half, and I weigh two sixty on a good day. So when you met Biggie, you were you were taking photos or something, and uh, tell us the story. <laughs> I was at a shoot at the Palladium. Remember the Palladium? Oh yes, down on Fourteenth Street. Street. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm just used to bluffing my way into things and just bogarting. You know what the bogart is? You mm-hmm. know, and, uh, mm-hmm. I saw. EPMD, Ice T, I believe, or Ice Cube, and some other rappers, and they all knew me. So I walked up to them, and, you know, I walked up to Biggie, and I said, hey, Biggie, what's up? My name is Ernie, and and he hit me with a whole bunch of profanity and, and literally pushed me away and said, I don't care who you are, punk. You know, just, I mean, he was, <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> I took my camera, my camera bags back then. You had to carry a flash. Okay. I put it down and I walk up to him and I said, what you say? And he put his head down and he couldn't hold it. He started laughing. And I said, what's so funny? He said, man, you don't remember. You took me to lunch last year. I said, I've never seen you before in my life. He said, yeah, we were at the Mary J video and you were hungry. I was hungry and we weren't. And it was in Brooklyn, and we went and got some food. We had. So I look. I said, that wasn't you. That was a little skinny cat. He said, big, uh, eating better now, Gucci sweater now. He went through the whole thing, and he hugged me. And all <laughs> the rappers there were trying to break us up because they thought we were going to go and, you know, get physical, man, and start fighting. And, you know, his smile gave him away. But if you knew Biggie, that was his thing. He'd try to intimidate you. And then just when it get too tight, he'd smile. <laughs> he had a baby smile. So I was like, damn, I almost fought one of the most legendary. <laughs> <laughs> wow, incredible. So uh, I, I guess you have some really iconic photographs of uh, Biggie as well. Yes, yes. I, I have dozens and dozens and dozens. And uh, my sadness is that there were many times that I was with him, we were hanging out, and I don't like being intrusive. And there were many times where I should have taken pictures of him and didn't. And I'm going to say something uh, for the record. There were many times he told me things, and I promised, you know, he knew that unlike most photographers and most people in the press, you tell me something that stays with me. That's part of my culture. Mm -hmm. And he's told me things that I've never repeated and I wish I had listened to him more because he knew that things were bad and that they were looking for him. And I kind of brushed it off as just random paranoia. Or um, and Now I wish I had listened to him. I wish I had interceded. And I wish I had warned him not to go to the West Coast. Wow. Gee. Okay. So, all right. So, Brother Ernie. Yes, sir. Now, you've got over, what, 20 thousand images of uh people and 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 happenings in our culture where can we oh okay for those of you who are listening and uh, not able to to view it on uh, our tv channel uh ernie is holding up this picture of he and biggie uh 
shaking hands uh, and uh, hugging well, and I, laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, say what? Hugging and trying to look like we're serious. <laughs> wow, that's great. Now, where would that uh, picture, would that be in one of your books? Yeah, it's in uh, Hip Hop at the End of the World. Tell us about that, uh, that work of art, uh, your, your book. Uh, Hip Hop at the End of the World uh, has a spiritual side to it, and people were angry because they felt that the title was inappropriate during the time of COVID. But the truth is, this came out in 2018 prior to COVID. And the reason it has that title, part of me, is because a brother from the Nation of Islam came up to me uh, in some 22 years ago and said he had a dream that I was going to do a book. And the book was going to be called Who Shot You? And mm. I told him, brother, I've tried to get book deals. That ain't going to work. Sure enough, a month later, I get a phone call, the rest is history. He came back to me after 22 years, Brother William, and he said, brother, you're going to do another book. I said, please. You know, nobody wants to do a photo book now. They just want, you know. Uh, so he said, no, brother, you're going to do a book, and it's going to be called Hip Hop at the End of the World. I said, how do you know that? He said, I had it in a dream. Really? Yes. And uh, that brother... Saved my life once. That's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But he he had that dream. He had that 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 blessing to to see that it was going to not only be called hip hop at the end of the world, but that it's going to be a major hit, and that uh, it was going to happen. And he believed in me when I didn't believe in me. So that's uh, that's how the spirit wow. works. So. All right, so now you've been called the uh, pictorial archaeologist of hip-hop. I've never heard that term before. Uh, how do you embrace that? Well, back up a little bit. You said I had 20,000 pictures. Uh, I have 21,000 pictures at Cornell University that you can see for free. You don't need a subscription. Go to Cornell University, photo, Ernie Panicoli, photo archives, and you can just view them. And that's 21,000. But my really? collection is over 250,000. I have several thousand just of graffiti. I have endless, endless pictures. So I'm very prolific. Uh, I, I believe that as an artist, you must be prolific. You mm -hmm. must continue doing your art. Unfortunately, in hip hop, a lot of people rest on their laurels of something they did in 77 or 73 or 83. You know, for two weeks, they were high. No, mm -hmm. art is a continuum. It's like loving someone. You can't love them for a week or a month. If you love your art, if you love your passion, then it has to continue. And I've been drawing and painting since I was 14. I've never stopped. You must continue to do what you love and what loves you in return. And um, so I have hundreds of thousands of pictures. And I'm fortunate in that I've been able to archive them and they're in museums around the world, including uh, several in the Smithsonian and in, in France and in England. So, you know, my work is now on a, a global level. That is incredible. You know, and uh, I even, uh, I'm proud to say that I even have uh, two, <laughs> two Ernie Panacoli photographs. 
one of which, uh, oh, but both of them are with uh, Colin Powell. And uh, I want to thank you for, for that, uh, because what I call them is uh, historical photo documents. And uh, thank you so very, very much uh, for that, Ernie. You, uh, you and him remind me of each other because both of you were warm. Both of you had a sense of humor. Both of you were humble. Both of you, uh, you know, in your particular fields, donated and, and contributed so much. And uh, you and I go back. <laughs> yes. You go way back in the yes. way back machine you mentioned. There you go. Uh, well, we've got uh, about a little less than a minute before we take a break. So I just want to remind folks that we're here with the um, the pictorial archaeologist <laughs> of hip hop, Mr. Ernie Panacoli. And uh, we've got more stories, more anecdotes and to find out more about his demystifying the 50th uh, anniversary of uh, hip hop. So don't go away. This is What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander, and we'll be right back. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. Home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America, where Coca Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to Alexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, we're here with uh, Mr. Ernie Pinnacoli, and Ernie is in the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, and he's got many, many stories to tell us. Uh, Ernie, give us another anecdote about some uh, uh, big uh, hip hop star. Jay-Z. Okay, what can you tell party. us about? I think he's pretty big. I was at a party, birthday party for Pepper from Salt and Pepper. Mm-hmm. And this tall, skinny kid keeps looking at me. And every time I look at him, he goes, and he shows me his gold teeth. I <laughs> and he's a skinny kid, you know. So he keeps staring at me. And, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. But he kept looking at me. So I go up to him. I say, yo, what's up? 
And he shows me his teeth again. <laughs> he said, you were looking at me. I said, you were looking at me. He said, I was checking your style. I was seeing how you move. I was seeing how you interface with people, and you're pretty smooth. I said, thank you. I said, who are you? What do you do? He said, I'm Jay, and uh, I'm a rapper. I said, uh, rapper. He says, yeah, but I'm going to be running this game. I said, yeah, whatever. And I looked at him, and he was so deadly serious. As he looked me in the eye, he said, I'm going to be running this. And here's this little 17-year-old skinny, 18, 19-year-old skinny kid with more confidence. He, he could have knocked down a mountain. So I said, let me get some pictures of him. And, of course, that picture of him uh, with, with the gold fronts, Mm-hmm. It's not classic. So that that's one story. Uh, wow. I remember having dinner with Beyonce. Yes, that Beyonce. Yes, yeah. his <laughs> wife. Um, <laughs> I was working at Sony, uh, shooting the Sony artist, and Miguel Baguier, who's the publicist for all them folks, for uh, everybody. He says, man, I want you to meet these, these females I got, and they're called Destiny's Child. So I said, whatever. So... We go to New York. I go to New York and we sit down and he says, but before we do it, we got to take care of some business. I said, what business? He said, we got to eat. <laughs> so I said, well, I think I'm qualified, maybe overqualified. Uh-huh. And he sits me down with them and it was all of us. And a brother was with them who is forgotten now, but he was the fourth Fuji. And that oh, was really? Forte. Oh. And we had dinner, and they did a uh, a dance. They they sang about three songs, and I took pictures of them. And Beyonce was nice, but you know, all the girls were very attractive. You know, very clean, very, you know, very together. And I did not know. You never know. Come on, man, you've been out there forever, G. You yeah. never know when you're you're meeting the next Aretha Franklin or uh, Al Green. You don't know. That's and, right. You know, we we. I, I tell people I had dinner with Beyonce and I was serious and I still have those pictures. And, uh, you know, I can tell you a lot of stories. There's some stories I'll never repeat. Some stories that were not happy. Some stories that were ugly. But mm. the majority of my experience is because if you bring positive energy, you're going to get positive energy in return. So I've been out there longer than anybody. I've been photographing over 40 years. And there's only one or two people I've found to be uh, offensive to me or obnoxious or terrible. Uh, you take a guy, a tough guy, uh, a West Coast rapper, like too short, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent a lot, of, you know, I, I spent several times with him, and he was the most polite guy on earth. <laughs> and if you listen to his records, he's, you know, all into that. And he was really nice, so... You can never judge a book by the cover. And there were so many stories I could tell you. Some are in my book, some are in my head, some will go, you know, with me forever. Well, you know, um, the other week, about two weeks ago, uh, I returned to uh, Fox 5 here in New York. Uh, and I was on Good Day New York with Rosanna Scotto, the great I Rosanna you. Scotto. I you saw did? you. Oh, yeah. okay. So I, I took that clip and I sent it to uh, Queen Latifah. And, uh, and and Queen texts me back and she says, boy, this brings back memories. Uh, and so I, and I texted her the other day to tell her she looked fabulous uh, on the Grammys uh, red carpet. Uh, what story can you tell us about Queen Latifah? Clean or dirty? 
<laughs> hey, it, it's up to you. You you're the guest, and I'm 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 talking to remember you. Remember that and, song? You remember that song she did called "Who You Calling a B? Yeah, that didn't come out of the air. That came out of her experience. That's really? a woman you didn't want to put your hands on. That's a woman you didn't want to call out of her name. Okay. And instead of calling herself Latifah, she called herself Queen Latifah. And, you know, there were so many things that she was doing that left psychological power or, or that preceded her. So mm -hmm. uh, I helped her start a business in Jersey City. At really? that time, I was running a video rental business, and she had the idea, and we talked. And I took around, made, you know, connected with all my contacts, and she was running a video rental business. Uh, also, I think I was one of the first people to photograph her, and the pictures I have of her as a queen are uh, amongst the best I've ever done and probably the best shots that were ever taken of her. So I could tell you a dozen stories. That woman is not only smart and creative, she ran businesses, she managed uh, uh Naughty by Nature and other groups. She ran a right. record label. Come on. And, you know, she didn't have five degrees from Harvard. She just knew that she had this spirit. And uh, I could tell you many, 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 many stories about her. And I think she's a role model for so many of us. If you have an idea, if you have a vision, follow it and do it. And not only that, but something people don't know about her, that I know about her, you know, you, I hope you know about her. She's done albums of singing, almost opera, yes. almost jazz. Yes. She's an incredibly talented singer. You know, yes. we know her for, you know, you uh, and I, T.Y., and, you know, Morning in the Middle and all that. But she is a talented, I mean, talented. She could easily have become a jazz great. For sure. For his, uh, okay, and so now, what do you think of her acting? Now, when you see her on The Equalizer, uh, does, does does she look like the same Queen Latifah that, that, that you thought when she was coming up that she would turn into this magnificent uh, talent? That image that she portrays in that show is so close to the bone as to who she is and her attitude and her take charge. That That's whoever did that. Kept it, there was very little creativity there. That's her. Okay. And God forbid you ever get on the wrong side of her or say something out your mouth. You you don't want to be that person. So trust me, Latifah is uh, what, what you see is what you get. Uh, she also played Bessie. Yes, yes. She also played in Chicago. Yes. You know, uh, how, how, how does one person have so much talent? You know, I would not be shocked if she took up painting or, you know, architecture. I mean, how does one person manifest so many different? Um, she she reached out to me the last time she was in Jersey City shooting, and uh, I got back to her. She got back to me, and we played phone tag, and I have not seen her in 10 years. But if she's listening, La, reach out to me. I got the pictures. I know you want them, so make that happen. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I, I will text her and let her know. Yeah, that, tell uh, her I called her. And, you know, I don't call nobody more than twice. I don't care if it's the Pope. I don't do that. 
<laughs> wow. So, all right, Ernie. So now let us, you know, this is the 50th year, 50th anniversary of ah. hip hop. And, ah. <laughs> and, and, and ah. you, you're going to demystify the 50th anniversary of hip hop, but we're not going to do it right now. We're, we're not going to do it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to continue to listen, but Ernie has something to say about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. So, Ernie, tell us, uh, where were you when uh, DJ Hollywood, who was a, a guest on our show a couple of weeks ago, when he was making all this noise, uh, what, what were you doing? How, did, did you see him coming into his... Uh, uh, status as the uh, what they called him at one time, the king of New York. First, let me preface it by saying I only got one thing for DJ Hollywood, and that's respect. Because he came in and did it like nobody else did it. He did it with class. He always had a smile. He was always gracious, like you are, like Thank I try you. to be. And graciousness means that you're kind to people. You never get too like a balloon overinflated, and he is part of the history. Uh, I personally never uh, dealt with him uh, in, in the club scene. I have pictures of him at the award shows and so on, and I know him personally, but uh, I was not part of that particular thing. But he took it to a next level. And each of the DJs after that, DJ Clue, uh, Kid Capri, uh, K Slay, all of these brothers have elevated the art, you know, Tony Touch, uh, so on and so forth. They each have passed the baton to one another. And even though people think that they're very uh, competitive, they're really not. They share a lot of things. Red Alert is probably the most ex uh, wonderful example. I've been in the game forever, and I've never heard one person even hint at a bad word about a Red Alert. And uh, <laughs> we almost, I almost get in trouble because of Red Alert. Every time I see him, I go up to him and start fighting with him, man. How come you mm -hmm. never play my album? You never play my album? Yo, man, I've been here. <laughs> I thought we were friends. You know? He says, because your music stinks. <laughs> you know, I don't have an album. I'm never going to have an album. <laughs> and if he's got a bunch of young kids around him or young guys, they're, they're ready to fight me. And he's like, back off, back off. And Red will start laughing. But that's a that's a Abbott and Costello routine we've been practicing for over 30 years. I'm like, yo, man, how come you don't play my stuff? What's wrong? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you, man? Well, <laughs> DJ Cool Red Alert is a an icon, a legend, and we're going to get him on the show as well uh, real soon. I've been waiting for the right time uh, uh, to get him on. Uh, and I'm glad that you that that you mentioned him because uh, he has really, really. Let me tell you one quick thing, force. Jay, about yes. him. He and I did a lecture together at New York University for you know maybe a hundred street kids, mm -hmm. and you know we know Red as a creative guy, as a DJ, this and that kind of smart mouth, you know, joking and so on. If you heard what he put in those kids' ears, as a teacher, as a father, as an elder. It almost brought me to tears. The man is deeper than anybody knows. And when you see him working with kids, you'll understand and respect him even more. Really? 
Wow. Such great praise for DJ Cool Red Alert, my man. Uh, yeah, so now, all right. So th- this is, uh, you know, your, your life and your experience and uh, your proximity to, uh, to hip-hop is very fascinating. The, the contributions that you've made as an artist uh, and will live on uh, forever. And so let us now talk about You know, I, I worked over at the McCrary Report at Fox with Bill McCrary. I was there from, I think, 87 to 96. Uh, and I just discovered that he was the first one to give you a job. What kind of job did Bill McCrary, God rest his soul, give to Ernie Panicoli? He saw me working at events, and he said, you know, he'd come up and talk to me and you know, I didn't have a TV at that time, so I really didn't know too much about him. And he just seemed like a really nice person. And he said, you know, you could call me and, you know, you'd be a stringer, you go with me and you could, you know, so on and so forth. And I thought that was really nice of him. And sure enough, I started going there and he got me linked up with Isabel Fernandez, who was oh, the yes. publicist at that time. Mm-hmm. And she later got me linked up with NBC. Uh mm-hmm with my girl over at uh, uh, News at Five. And uh, he was, he could not, and this is the truth, Bill could not have treated me better if I was the president of the United States. <laughs> okay? He could not have treated me better if I was Gordon Parks. And, you know, I was just a cat trying to make a living. And he was always respectful, and he would take me to different things, uh, uh, he he was just you know he he really he was an artist at what he did and he was you know accomplished and he had his own TV show and I was just you know uh, a guy with a camera but he could not have treated me any better so I will always be grateful to Bill for his kindness to me and his pushing me because he knew he saw what I could be and uh, I thanked him for that. He gave me my opportunity also okay. uh, to be entertainment reporter at uh, the McCrary Report. Oh, great man. Hey, did you guys uh, smoke cigars together? I don't smoke. I don't. Oh, okay. Because he he loved his big cigars. Uh, <laughs> did, uh, did you go with him? Did you go with him on the golf course? Uh, shoot no, any no, photos? No. You didn't no. do any of that. Because he loved his golf as well. Bill McCrary. All right, so um, we've got about two minutes left before we take a break. I just want to remind folks that uh, uh, you can go to HarlemAmerica.com and you can read some of our articles. You can uh, listen to some of our podcasts. And if you go, if you look at the menu at, above, you'll find the Harlem America TV channel and uh, you'll see some of, the, some of these podcasts that you're listening to. Uh, we have them on video. And uh, you can find them on Harlem America TV. This will certainly go up as one of the uh, the shows uh, once we take it into post production, and uh, we we'll we'll do some editing. And uh, so you'll be on uh, uh, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon TV, Android TV, and uh, our Comcast channel. Uh, we're just now putting that together. So, uh, but uh, th- this interview will live forever uh, uh, on demand. Uh, on Harlem America 
TV. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very, very much for following us every Friday at 1 p.m. We're not finished yet. Uh, when we come back after our break, I want Ernie to tell us about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. He's going to demystify it for us. He's got some, well, you might even find it a little controversial. And some people, I think, on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter and, and Facebook have had some conversations about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, which we're all celebrating this year. And uh, I tell you what, why don't we just take the break right now, and we'll be right back with What's Hot Harlem America and G. Keith Alexander and the great Ernie Panicoli. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business, making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. All right, uh, Ernie, so tell us, um, do you have any regrets? Anything that you had to give up in order to become the Ernie Pinnacoli that we know today? I have learned as I got older that life takes you where it's supposed to take you. I've tried to always be truthful. I've tried to always be strong. I've tried to always be respectful. And I tried to minimize conflict in a art form that seems to thrive on conflict. Uh, somehow one day I became elected as the third eye of hip hop. And I, I've just had, I, I've always felt that not only should I be learning, but I should be teaching and teaching and learning. So I try to share with as many people as possible. And um, I am in the Zulu nation, the supreme leader of cultural affairs, or basically the third eye of the Zulu nation. And I've tried my whole life just to be kind to people because the reason I'm here excuse me, is because people have been kind to me. Uh, you have to love what you do and do what you love. And that's the one thing that I learned in my 76 years on this planet. You'll be 76 next week, right? Uh, on the 26th. On the 26th. Well, a happy birthday before everyone else uh, starts chiming in. 
Well, the Nation of Islam celebrates my birthday. They call it Savior's Day. Really? <laughs> it's Savior's Day. Also, there's a, uh, a very strange woman who shares my birthday, too. Her name is uh, Boudou, Erica Badu. Uh, she also has my birthday. Also, a good friend of mine stole my birthday, and uh, I'm always mad at him because he takes my birthday and asks uh, this brother, his name is Ralph McDaniels. Oh, Ralph. Video. Uh, this is Video Music Box. <laughs> Ralph was a guest on the show uh, probably about maybe six, seven months ago. He had to uh, be the best guest you ever had, right? Oh, let me tell you. He, he has so many stories and, and, you know, about the beginnings of uh, Video Music Box and, and how these, these guys would come and just be on the show. And next thing you know, you know, they're, they're becoming famous and blowing. He, he's got so much footage. Uh, in fact, uh, let, let's give him some props. He had um, the documentary, the hip hop uh, documentary called Video Music Box. It was on Showtime. He put and me in it. He, yeah, you're in it. Yeah, well, I was on his show once as well, but I don't know if I'm. I, I don't think I'm in the, uh, the from the footage I saw. Uh, I'm not on that, but um, yeah. So uh, he's got a lot of stories, and and uh, we it reminds me, you both of you have dignity, class, humor, and integrity, and both of you never looked down on anybody. You've always been respectful to everybody, and that's the key of what hip hop's supposed to be. It's supposed to be tribal and brotherhood. And uh, I'm just grateful to know both of you. And the three of us now are considered pioneers and yeah. elders in the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, now that you brought that up, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell my little hip hop story. Uh -oh. uh, and, you know, I was um, uh, a DJ over at Disco 92 WKTU. And it was about the year 1978 when a reporter from Fox, Chuck Curry, that was before I got with Fox, he came to the station and he uh, wanted to interview me about rap. So he says, uh, G. Keith, what do you think about this rap? Uh, do, you, do you think, uh, you know, you think it'll be around for a while? Well, I had come from, I had come from R&B and jazz, and now I'm in disco. So we had played uh, Sugar Hill Gang and Grandmaster Flash and all that stuff. And I, I said, well, you know, uh, this is just a fad. It's not going to be around. Long. <laughs> and, uh, little did I know. OK. And then the, the, and, and then the advertisers, when I, I did a lot of voiceovers and stuff. And so the advertisers would call me to, to give that little hip hop sound to some of the commercials and stuff. <laughs> so, 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 so then when hip hop started becoming more prominent and, and, the, and the, these guys started really blowing up like bubblegum, as uh, Sheila Ennis would say, um, they, they stopped hiring me to do that. They started hiring the real rappers to come in and do the with the the, the hip-hop flair and stuff so that that's my hip-hop story how they they sort of you know i thought it was going to be a fad but then they sort of got me uh you know they took business away from me as well but anyway so <laughs> now let's talk about this is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop we're we're all celebrating it uh, the the museum got uh, another five million dollars to to open up and everything. Tell us 
What is the controversy behind the 50th anniversary of hip-hop? I taught mathematics at Verizon for five years, okay? Mm -hmm. I know mathematics. I know (laughs) how old I am. I know the year. Now, if, and I'm not saying I co-sign, if Kuhlherg had a, a party in 1973. Well, first of all, tell people who Kuhlherg is. Cool, DJ Kuhlherg, who's supposedly the godfather of hip-hop or, you know, the, the spiritual entity, like, you know, that created. Anyway, if he had a, uh event in 1973, Think about what I'm about to tell you, and this is mathematics. Don't argue with me. Argue with mathematics, which keeps the planets in rhythm around, you know, beyond any universe. Now, 1973, he had a a, a block party or a a house party or whatever, uh, back-to-school party, 1973. When would be the anniversary of that? It would be 1974, an anniversary under the dictionary states that it represents a year prior. So if you have a, if you get married in 73, your first anniversary is 74. If you're born in 73, your birthday, your first birthday is 74. Now they're trying to tell us that in 2023, it's the 50th anniversary. It may be the 50th birthday, but it can't be the 50th anniversary. You can't have an anniversary in the same year that an event happened. You can't have, you can't celebrate your first uh, wedding anniversary in 73 if you got married in 73. You have your first anniversary in 74. And a lot of you guys pay, got to pay attention because if you don't bring your wife cards and flowers and all that for your anniversary, you're going to be eating cat food. Okay. You're going to be eating a Mickey D's. So let's keep it real. This cannot be the 50th anniversary. It might be the 50th birthday. I doubt it because I heard and saw graffiti everywhere, B-boys. I heard, you know, rap music and DJs everywhere before 73. But that's another story. You know, I'm not going to get into that. But mathematically, it cannot be the 50th anniversary. It can be the 50th birthday if you're born in 40, uh, 73. You know, you're, you're 11 months and, and 29 days, and the next day you become one year old. So, in other words, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Ernie Panicoli, a mathematical genius. No, not a genius. <laughs> has, just <laughs> has just told us that it's actually the, what, the 49th anniversary yes. of hip-hop? Yes. And oh. maybe, maybe the... 50th birthday okay so whoever came up with the concept to celebrate it uh had their math a little wrong or maybe they did it because 50 sounds uh exactly it sounds a certain way uh the truth is that the universal zulu nation is one year older than hip-hop and it is the 50th anniversary of universal zulu nation it is the 49th anniversary. I didn't say birth, creation, none of those words. Born day, as you like to say in the hood. It is the the 49th anniversary of hip-hop. And don't argue with me because it is mathematics. You cannot have an anniversary in the same year that something happens. 
All right. Now, I, I must say, Ernie sounds like the uh, Neil uh, Tyson, uh, the, uh, Neil Tyson, DeGrasse Tyson, Tyson. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson of, of hip hop. Uh, in fact, Neil was on the show a, a couple of weeks, uh, 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 about a month or so ago, uh, explaining the planets. So uh, now there is another controversy that uh, you mentioned briefly. And you, you said that hip hop had its early beginnings back when? I mean, the- You want me to go there? Yeah, go there. I'll go, I'll go there. Hip hop okay. did not start in 73, 83, 93, 63, 53, period. Hip hop came in the slave ships. Hip hop was born and bred, spawned in Africa. Okay, all American music, and I dare anybody to argue with, has, has come from Africa. If you go to the Caribbean, you go anywhere in the Caribbean, you have that African influence, the African diaspora. And, and hip-hop has always been with us. Okay, hip-hop has always been with us through slavery, through reconstruction, through everything. Hip-hop has always been with us. When I was coming up, Hip-hop didn't have a name. A b-boy was a b-boy, a dancer was a dancer, a graffiti artist. They didn't call themselves hip-hoppers. They called themselves graffiti artist, b-boy, rapper, DJ, whatever. They didn't call themselves, uh, they did not call themselves uh, hip-hop. Hip-hop was a word that came later thanks to Cowboy and maybe Starsky Love Bug. All right? So hip-hop is ancient, man. It's a vibe. It's what sustained us. During the March of Tears, it sustained us everywhere, everywhere, through every experience. We're still dealing with this demonology. We're still being slaughtered for running a red light or going two miles over a speed limit or, you know, having a broken taillight. It's the same thing. And it's that same spirit, that essence that has sustained us. I don't want to get too deep. Well, okay. Well, before we, we, we get out of this particular uh uh, subject matter uh, is it the 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 beats or is it the 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 vocals? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Explain and clarify why you say it has been with us so long. It's a spirit. It's an essence. How do you meet someone and you instantly are attracted to them? How do you find someone to be? You feel like that's your brother or your sister, or you want that person to be your lover or your friend? It's a vibe. It's an ancient vibe. That's why the Zulu Nation titled me the Supreme Minister of Culture for the Universal Zulu Nation globally because we understand that everything is global. Nothing is singular, especially now with the Internet and all this technologic technology with no logic, technologic madness that we have that people are dressing and looking a certain way to be on Instagram and so on. We must remember that the spirit is the most powerful thing in the universe. We've got uh, less than three minutes. So tell people, Ernie, how they can follow you. Uh, give them your, your social media handles. I don't know what they are. Um, Brother Ernie at Gmail, um, so on and so forth. Um, my business agent handles all of that. I never go on Instagram. And uh, if there's anything important, my business agent forwards it to me. Um, I know it's uh, Brother Ernie or Ernie Pentacle. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, now you can find me on Facebook. Uh, 
and all these places under my name, under okay. my government name. I don't have <laughs> your government name. I, I, don't, I don't have a name like Running Dog or you know any uh, DJ Wazoo Wazoo. You know I'm. Oh, okay. I'm my name. All right. So, all right. So, just so um, people will know, uh, Brother Ernie is also Native American. Uh, which uh, tribe would you say that you're uh, associated Cree, with? Cree, C-R-E-E. Cree. Okay, great. All right. Well, hey, Ernie, this has been such a pleasure uh, finally getting you on. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you, you've given us uh, a lot of information that, uh, you know, that I'm sure is going to stay with us for quite a while. <laughs> and, 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 and remember, they can go on. Where can they see all of your photographs, 21,000 photographs? Cornell University. Cornell University. Ernie Panicoli Photo Archive. Great. Okay. Uh, and for, for folks who might be a little dyslexic or something, uh, spell your last name for them, please. P-A-N-I-C-C-I-O-L-I. And here's the masterpiece, Hip Hop at the End of the World. And there's mad, mad secrets in here that you have to dig for. And this is... Almost the sum total of my life. Hip hop at the end of the world. Who's on the cover? Anywhere. Who's on the cover? Is is that um... uh, a lady named uh, Queen something and uh, MC something? That's MC Light <laughs> and Queen Latifah. And Queen Latifah on the cover of Hip Hop at the, the end. Women of the world. you don't want to mess with. Right. <laughs> hey man, so thank you very very much, uh, Ernie. Uh, love you, brother, and uh, you have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And, well, then uh, you have no idea how excited I am to be on your show <laughs> after 35 years of knowing you, man. This is like this is like my birthday two weeks early. <laughs> hey, my birthday was February 7th, so we're both in that uh, Happy birthday, birthday. There. Yeah, Happy birthday, both, you too. We're both legal now. We're 21. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you next Friday at same time at uh, 1 p.m. And uh, I don't know who we're going to have next week just yet, but uh, you'll find out. So thank you very, very much. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. Don't judge your brother or sister too harshly until you walk a mile in his or her shoes. And remember, life is tough, but you're tougher. And uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening. 